something amazing and maybe troubling. It's blasphemy, I tell you, blasphemy. Scribe, take this down. There was a mob of people listening to this Jesus guy teaching. There's no law against that. Some people wanted to get a sick man to Jesus, and the crowd just ignored them. It shows how devastating being alone can be. This sick man was alone, but some people who believed Jesus could help him join together to let that happen. Did you see what happened next? They forced their way into the house and lowered him through the roof. That roof was totally destroyed. Malicious destruction of property. But the owner didn't mind. How do you know that? How else were they supposed to get the paralyzed man to see him? There's another one, practicing medicine without a license. I like it. Then Jesus said, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? He told the man to get up and go home, and he did. The paralyzed man is known in these parts. He was healed. But for how long? It won't last. What do you care if this guy was healed? Most of them didn't even know it. The Pharisees knew that this was blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. But he is saying, if you accept this man is healed through me by God, then you must believe my words are from God. Maybe this Jesus is the Messiah. Are you mad? He's some carpenter's kid who has delusions of grandeur and, and attracted a bunch of losers to him. Did you see how amazed that mob was? They called it remarkable and praised God. He must be stopped. I'm beginning to think that you are one of these Jesus followers. Well, I'm certainly not a blind follower of whatever you two say. I know what the law says, and it says that he has broken it time after time after time. He must be held accountable. Well, my heart says that he has broken no law except the law that we have created. Perhaps he is answering to a higher law, and he is being held accountable to that. So faith and doubt. Curiosity and skepticism. Sins and forgiveness. Hurt and healing. These tensions are realities of life. And so I wish I could stand up here as your pastor and say that I have never lived through any of these tensions. That I've never had doubt. That I've never been skeptical or pessimistic. That I've never sinned. That I've never been hurt and in need of healing. But we all know that that is just not the way that life works, is it? We've all been there. And so all of these tensions were laid out so well in our drama today. We had the skeptical and doubting Pharisee and his wife, the curious scribe, the miracle of a healing, the miracle of forgiveness, all happening right before their eyes. And yet, they all reach different conclusions. The scribe found the beginnings of faith and curiosity. The Pharisee and his wife held tight to the pessimism of anger, not of just doubt, but of rejection. So what are we to do? 
How do we respond to these tensions of life? Is this something, it's inevitable, do we have to walk through it alone? Maybe not. Let's look in our scripture passage for today. Mark chapter 12, Mark chapter 2, excuse me, verses 1 through 12, and I'll be reading out of the Common English Bible translation this morning. After a few days, Jesus went back to Capernaum, and people heard that he was home. Many gathered that there was no longer space, not even near the door. Jesus was speaking the word to them. Some people arrived. And four of them were bringing to him a man who was paralyzed. They couldn't carry him through the crowd, so they tore off part of the roof above where Jesus was. When they had made an opening, they lowered the mat on which the paralyzed man was laying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Child, your sins are forgiven. Some legal experts were sitting there muttering among themselves, why does he speak this way? He's insulting God. Only the one God can forgive sins. Jesus immediately recognized what they were discussing and he said to them, why do you fill your minds with these questions? Which is easier to say to a paralyzed person, your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your bed, and walk. But so you will know that the human one has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man that was paralyzed, get up, take your mat, and go home. Jesus raised him up, and right away he picked up his mat and walked out in front of everybody. And they were all amazed and praised God, saying, we've never seen anything like this. So if we have been in church for a while, this very familiar story is common to us. But let's take an opportunity today to dive a little bit deeper into it to see what new understandings or insights or revelations might be revealed to us in this scripture passage today. So to start out... Have we ever really given a lot of thought to what the scene of this whole story is? In here we see a gathering, a crowd around Jesus, all gathered at a home. People have heard about Jesus. They're curious, maybe skeptical, of what Jesus is doing. And they have to see about this guy and what he is doing for themselves. And you see, this sort of house meeting, this sort of house meeting is what would have happened in early Christian worship. It is just what it would have looked like. People meeting in homes, gathering together to learn about and worship God. So this isn't just any sort of gathering. It's meant to parallel a church service. It's a faith community. So it invites us to explore how all these tensions that we all wrestle with in life and that are so apparent in this scripture passage might be understood and lived out in the church community. But in this church service, as Jesus was teaching the word, we find a particularly dedicated group of people just come on through. 
a paralyzed man accompanied by four of his friends. And so the scripture says they couldn't get through the crowd, so of course, they improvised. They carried their friend to the top of the house. They were bold enough to cut a hole through the roof, and they carefully lowered their friend down to meet Jesus. That is not just the work of a single person. It's definitely not a work that the paralyzed man could have done on his own. It was a work of community that was bold enough to break the barrier of that crowd and get the paralyzed man to Jesus. That group determination was strong, a force that could not be stopped. And so look exactly how Jesus responds to this scene. Looking closely is key. So we see in verse 5, and I, you know, I know this is 8.15, it's early, it's a time change, but I do this in the current, and I want you guys to, you know, indulge me here for a second, but I want you guys to interact with me here for a second. When Jesus saw, and what's the next word? There. There. When Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, child, your sins are forgiven. Their faith, not just the paralytic's faith, not just the faith of one of the friends, all of their faith. So Jesus notes here very powerfully, very specifically, the power of community. The strength that comes from Christian community, the faith that is strengthened by the help and support of other people around us. And so, of course, what happens next? There's the naysayers. No matter what happens in the scriptures, it seems like there's always, always the naysayers. We have the legal experts who are skeptical. They don't buy it. They don't see how Jesus has the authority to forgive sins. They are skeptical and uncertain and doubting and pessimistic. But here's what I noticed about this scene, about the naysayers. They don't stay there. They don't stay in that place of doubting and skepticism and pessimism. The church service continues and the community of faith helps them to open their eyes. Jesus speaks to them asserting that he, the human one, does have the authority to forgive sins and can do even more. He commands the man to get up and walk and immediately he is healed. It's a miracle. And there, in the context of community... The skeptics are made believers. The doubters come to have faith. Verse 12 tells us that everyone in attendance in that home, they all saw and believed. They all were amazed and they all praised God. And so when we look at this entire narrative... We can find ourselves fitting into different perspectives, fitting into different characters at different times. Sometimes in our life, we do have that firm determination of faith, like the four friends. 
We are able to boldly rise up and rip roofs and houses to help the people that God calls us to help. Of course, that's the place that we often strive for. But sometimes we are like the paralytic man and need to be carried. Society has beaten us down, telling us that our struggle is our fault or the result of our own sin. That was the case for this man, his disability, which was nothing to be ashamed of, of course, But in his society, in the people's eyes, his disability made him an outcast. And his society determined that that must have been the result of some grave sin, some grave wrongdoing. But of course, his friends loved him, despite all of society's ill-formed opinion. And we need people like that around us, a community of faith, to care for us and to bring us to Jesus, in whom we find no condemnation, only love and forgiveness. And then sometimes, whether we like to admit it or not, sometimes we find ourselves like the skeptics in the crowd. We are unsure of the work that God is doing in our midst. We have doubts and wrestling and skepticism about our faith. We have questions that we may be afraid to ask. But this scripture reminds us that Jesus meets us in those questions and that the Christian community can bring us to hope and to optimism and to faith. So on our website and on these invite cards that we have all around our campus, we have a simple but a powerful message that we are a safe place to explore your faith. And so I love this saying because this is what Christian community is when it is at its best. A place where all are loved. A place where all are safe. A place where we can all explore what faith means, even in seasons of struggle and in stress and even in skepticism. Our faith is deepened in community. We strengthen each other. We support each other. We carry each other in community. I remember in this very church... We had a couple lose their beloved son on Christmas Eve following a car accident. And so that very next Sunday when they came to church, very broken, very grieving, I imagine they were filled with sorrow and with doubt. They found themselves surrounded by love. People from this church, some I'm sure they knew well, some I'm sure they only knew in passing, made sure to surround them before and during and after the service. They were shoulders to cry on. They were reminders of the prayers and care of the congregation. They were tangible signs of what faith in the Christian community means, what it looks like, 
even when the unthinkable happens and we find ourselves at our lowest point. Even when life is messy and cruel and imperfect. They were the people that carried them to Jesus, whatever it would take in their time of need. When we remember that we have church community, we remember that we are not alone. So friends, as we reflect on all of this today, may we make those renewed commitments to each other, to our faith, and to our faith community today. Whether that's by extending an invitation to someone to bring them in, to bring them to this safe space to explore your faith so that we might grow and flourish and diversify this beautiful Christian community. Or maybe that is an invitation to you for you to reach out because you find yourself in a time of need. To remember that you are surrounded by friends here. You are surrounded by people who care. Or maybe you want to take that step to be that person of care. To be that person of welcome. To be that person of safety. Finding a way to engage with our congregational care ministries. Finding a way to engage with our invite ministries. There's opportunities in your bulletin or I would love to speak with you about that. But whatever our next step is, friends, may we be encouraged by the power that is Christian community. May we remember that our faith journey is not something that we walk alone, but it's something that we do together. And may we be encouraged to share and to spread the power and love of this community, which we find Christ within with the world. Will you close in prayer with me? God of love, we thank you for the miracle of this paralyzed man and his friends and its beautiful reflection of Christian community. Whether we find ourselves worried, skeptical, doubtful, centered, or joyful this day, may we know that you are with us, that you are with all of us, wherever we are. And may we seek to spread and share that love with your world. Amen. So friends, as we prepare to go from this place, may you receive the benediction. May we know that even though we walk through the ups and the downs of life, through the joys, the sorrows, the uncertainties, we do not walk alone. God is with us. We have each other with us. So may we take strength from that, and may we seek to share that community and that love of God with the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.